This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Bored of too many ads and dull, meaningless chat? We've got neither. Joy Drive, smart, fun radio. Edith Hill is an Associate Lecturer in Learning and Teaching Innovation at Flinders University and joins us every Wednesday. Good afternoon, Edith. Good afternoon, Warren. Now, uh, you've published a really good article in the uh, conversation about this uh, family vlogging channel. For those who aren't familiar, what is a family vlogging channel on YouTube? Yeah, so a family vlogging channel is a YouTube channel that primarily focuses on the lives of a family um, and that compromises of, you know, a whole different combination of people. It could often be a mum and one child. It could be any combination of parents and children, but basically the content itself focuses around the family life, but specifically the children themselves. And what's happened uh, in this case with, uh, what's her name? Ruby, Ruby Frankie. Ruby Frankie. Ruby Frankie and Kevin Frankie um, are the parents behind the Eight Passengers YouTube channel. This channel was deleted in 2022 after a large amount of controversy surrounding them. And Ruby and her friend Jody have been sentenced this week to uh, four counts of felony child abuse. Wow. So, like, how many subscribers are we talking about? How many subscribers did this channel have? Now, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me because it was a Mm. deleted channel, but it's been reported that I think they were at 2.5 million when the channel was deleted in 2022. And why she, what's happened? What, What sort of stuff was she posting? So the stuff that she was posting was controversial. Um, she posted a lot of content around her parenting and discipline styles. Um, some of the most, you know, prolific examples that people are using, uh, was a vlog. So a, just a personal, you know, face to camera video in her car, um, saying that her child's school had called and saying that her six year old didn't have any food. And she said, well, no, that's her responsibility to pack her own lunch. Bear in mind, she's six mm. and telling the school that she, that they're not allowed to feed her, that that's her fault. And hopefully the feeling of being hungry will be enough pain to remind her um, to not do it ever again. Oh, that makes me uh, cringe when I hear that sort of stuff. What were her viewers saying? Like whilst these videos were being posted, was anyone calling it out? Well, here's the thing. A lot of people were at the time. I always say that YouTube is a self-policing platform in a lot of ways, that if you've done something wrong, oh boy, people will tell you and they will Mm. tell you loudly. Uh, So a lot of people were talking about her when she was still posting and about her husband as well. I think um, just as a side note, a lot of the media coverage around this does focus on her as she is the one who was charged with um, child abuse due to actions after the channel was deleted. But her husband was there for the beginning of this and yet somehow isn't being held responsible <laughs> for, for any of the stuff that happened on the channel, even though they, you know, ran it together. Mm. So that's an interesting gendered element there. Um, but yeah, people, of course, were talking about how their disciplinary styles were very, very harsh. Um, but a lot of people followed the channel to over 2 million people people is a significant amount of people who were co-signing this behavior by by watching and supporting with their views so it's an interesting um interesting thing how did the uh court case come about um i mean if it's a self-policing channel i suppose how and it was closed down some time ago how did the court case come about 
Yeah, so after the YouTube channel was deleted, Jody then teamed up with her friend. Oh, no, sorry. Ruby teamed up with her friend Jody. Mm-hmm. Getting the names confused. Ruby, the mum of the channel, teamed up with her friend Jody Hildebrandt, who um, was a board certified therapist. Not anymore, because she's also going to jail. Um, and they had their own new parenting kind of channel or company. I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, a situation where they provided very strict authoritarian um, parenting advice to their followers. They had a Facebook group um, and a YouTube channel. And that's kind of where things got a little bit more extreme. So Ruby and her husband separated at some time after the channel was deleted. That's not really clear. Uh, and then went on to this, you know, different venture called Connections, spelt with an X to, you know, be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And the parenting advice there was, you know, elevated in its levels of harshness, <laughs> extremeness. It um, became quite a big thing then. And as a short warning, I'm about to say some things that aren't very, very nice, but um, basically one of one of the children, one of the younger children in the family had actually escaped from um, Jody's home and gone to a neighbor's house and he was severely malnourished and had mm. some wounds on his body and he asked them for food and water. They obviously alerted the police and then found another child in the home with similar uh, in similar circumstances and they were then hospitalized and that kind of spurred on the investigation from there. Just uh, in in general, when we talk about these, I suppose, these family vlogging channels, I mean, what happens when a child grows up and says, you know, dad, mum, I wish you hadn't posted that video. And I mean, you know, they don't, I'm not talking about necessarily the extreme videos that we saw on Ruby Frankie's uh, channel, but just in general, um, because now uh, this child says, you know, I'm being bullied at school because of what you posted. It might be something innocent. Where does consent come into the equation on behalf of the child? Uh, you just asked me one of my favourite questions that oh. people <laughs> ask me all the time when they realise this is a thing that um, was a big part of my PhD research. Personally, and this is, you know, just my personal opinion, I just don't believe family channels should be a thing. I don't think it should be allowed to share um, videos and photos of your children on such public platforms. Obviously, doing a post on your private Facebook where you know your the people who follow you, that's a very different situation, I think. But on these massive public platforms, you just don't know who's watching and you don't know how that content is going to be used and reused. And children don't like it. Um, there have been lots of studies done that children want their parents to ask for their permission before they share mm. things. They want to be able to withdraw consent at any time. So, you know, a six-year-old saying, yeah, mom, that's okay. I look cute in that picture is very different when they're 16 and they say, you know what, that's actually incredibly embarrassing. and I don't want that to be out there anymore. So this is the one thing I'm very like <laughs> strict on personally is like, I just, you, you don't post it. You don't share it. The, the mm. want of that child trumps everything, in my opinion, and their want for privacy and to have agency over their own story is paramount to everything. And uh, something that you mentioned in your article, and of course you can see Edith's article in the conversation if you go and have a look at it, it's really worth reading, is, uh, and I wasn't aware of it as well, that uh, embedding videos can increase the risk as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, YouTube now has some guidelines around this, but in the early days they they didn't. It was kind of like a wild west out there. Um, So embedding is basically a function that when you 
have a YouTube channel, you can decide whether you want your videos to be embedded somewhere else. And an example I use quite often is if you're watching um, a recipe or you've Googled like how to make banana bread, for example, there's often a video that goes along with that recipe. Mm -hmm. And so that video exists in its original form on a YouTube channel, but it's been embedded into this website that kind of supplements other content on that web page. Right. So that's what embedding is. Um, but a very interesting and unfortunate part of family channels and a lot of content is that it gets embedded into places that you would not want that content to be put. Um, so people can reshare, re-upload your content into other places. Being careful with my language around this, of course, but places that you wouldn't want your children's images to appear, basically. And so YouTube recommends now that people who have a lot of family-focused content turn off the embedding function on their channels. Um, but this is, of course, a, a personal choice and one that a lot of people don't take. And it puts those kids on those channels at a lot of risk. If any of this conversation has raised any issues, just head to joy.org.au forward slash support. There's a list of support services. Something more positive. Let's uh, move on to this, Edith. Uh, running influencers. What are these? <laughs> yeah, so a bit of a change of tone, but I'm all here for it. Running influencers have influenced me, Warren, I have to say. And anyone out there who knows me and who is listening, you um, pick your jaws up off the floor. Yes, I am running. You're running um, as in jogging been, running. I'm, well, yeah, we'll call it jogging. Running may seem like a stretch for the minute, but they have influenced me 110%. And um, beginning of this year, I started running with my friend Charlie. Hi, Charlie, if you're listening. Um, and the other day, we were sitting in the car because we take turns carpooling to the place that we run in the mornings, very early in the mornings, I might add. And she says, oh, I have a friend who's just started running too. Um, she wants to come on our runs. And I go, okay, amazing. And she's like, oh, yeah, she started running because of blank on Instagram. And I was like, I started running because of Blank on Instagram. And Blank is a beautiful woman called Riley Hemson. And she is influencing me to run and clearly influencing many other people as well. Now, I'm, I'm really interested in this because running is the last thing that I think I would do physically. Absolutely right. Last on the list. I don't know. I do everything. I'd even play football, I reckon, before I go for a run. And I hate <laughs> football. What is it about Riley Hemson that got you to run? It feels not awful, like watching her videos. And I now that I've started watching her, I'm getting recommended a bunch of other running content that is extremely off-putting in my opinion. <laughs> These are beautiful people. I love that they love running. However, oh my God, it just seems so dry and boring and really not possible. People are saying, oh, I get up at 5.30 and I get my 10Ks in before, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. That is not, that is not for me. Riley, however, she started slow. And when I say slow, I mean like my pace, <laughs> slow. <laughs> and I really felt like watching a quote unquote fitness influencer who was actually a real person and had a real experience with running, which was none. <laughs> and it just felt like watching a friend run, um, which is very social media-esque, feeling like you're watching someone who you can relate to and who would you be, you know, be friends with. But it's so, so true. And she's made progress, which is amazing. And then I've made progress and I'm like, oh my God, babe, we're in this together. It feels very, very nice and very fun. And trust me, if I can do it, oh my God, anyone can. Okay, well, right? I'm going to have a anyone look at Anyone can run. I'm going to definitely have a look at it. Can I share with you uh, something personal? Yes. Oh my God, absolutely. I have uh, this uh, helmet at home and it's got all these little lasers on it and the reason I got oh it my is, God. 
It's because, you know, I used to have a little thin patch of hair. It's probably still there mm-hmm. on top of my head. And I got it because I thought, oh, this is going to enable me to, to grow it back. And you know what? It worked. But it's sort of stopped <laughs> because I've stopped the, uh, you know, being uh, – I'm not as strict with it. But I'm going to start it again tonight now that I've remembered it. And the reason I want to uh, raise this with you is because you've got someone who's recording their journey – about regrowing their hair. Tell us about that. Yes. Oh, oh my God. I'm so glad you included that anecdote <laughs> because do you know how many men or how many people out there are really concerned about hair loss? Oh. So many, so many people are concerned about hair loss. And one of them is this creator called Life as Zeph. So his name is Zeph. And about a year and a half ago, he started talking about his journey, trying to regrow his hair. And it has just been so wonderful to watch one, to see, you know, what things work and what things don't, but also just to have a man very openly talking about his feelings, his lack of confidence or his growth of confidence around something to do with his appearance. It's been really refreshing, honestly. And I love nosy content. That is the running theme through all of this. I'm just like, oh my God, tell me all your secrets. Tell me what's going on. (laughs) Fantastic. So this is Life as Zeph. Edith, really good to chat with you again. Don't forget we can check out your article in the conversation. Worth a read just to find out what's going on out there and uh, what sort of things people are are posting. Vlogging. Vlogging's the term, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Vlogging. We'll uh, chat to you next week. No worries, Warren. Thanks. Thank you. That is Dr. Edith Hill, Associate Lecturer in Learning and Teaching Innovation at Flinders University. Joy Drive on Joy 94.9 FM in Melbourne, Joy on your digital radio, iHeartRadio, TuneIn.com or the Joy app. No matter where you are. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.